All right, man. We made it through two weeks of the NFL playoffs, three games left in the NFL season, but it's time to get down to brass tacks. The people need an answer. Was <laughs> was that Demar Hamlin in Buffalo this week? Yes or no? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> this situation is so funny. When I, uh, when I tell you that, when I opened Twitter, whatever day it was, Monday uh, afternoon or, or whatever, and I saw people coming up with this conspiracy theory that they cloned Demar Hamlin <laughs> or at least paid an actor to come to the stadium and act as Demar Hamlin just for the views and, you know, the, the moral support. I, I started dying laughing. And then, of course, like, I just keep on scrolling through Twitter and I'm just seeing these people with their tinfoil hats on just coming up with the wildest theories possible, saying that like he actually died. The NFL is just trying to save face and that a few months down the line, they're going to come out, say like he died in a car accident or something. Mm. I went down the Twitter rabbit hole and it it gave me a good laugh. Now, the answer, I don't have the answer for you. I mean, by all accounts, it was him. Josh Allen came out, said it was him. And then I don't know if you saw that video where he he was talking to Kyle Brandt. And <laughs> I did not expect him to ask Josh Allen <laughs> about it. <laughs> I did not expect him yeah, to ask him about it. And Josh Allen comes out and says, like, no, he was in the locker room, blah, blah. And then there's still people in the comments on, like, TikTok and on Twitter saying, Josh Allen looks suspicious. He's looking at the ground. He's <laughs> he's not trying to answer the question. He looks like he's just, like, sticking to the script. Like, when, once people get a certain narrative in their mind, there's nothing anybody can say or do to disprove that narrative. And I'm telling you, a lot of people believe that DeMar Hamlin wasn't at the stadium. And I, I don't know. I don't know what to believe man because obviously there's a lot of conspiracy theories out there right and there's a lot of uh propaganda and whatnot you can't put anything past anybody that's my motto in life so i wouldn't put it past the nfl to do something like that but it does seem a little far-fetched in this situation i mean this is just an example of so many things kind of like what you're saying where people just get dug in on on bad takes and and it doesn't matter how much evidence you shove in their face they're still going to be believing what they want to believe it's like the joe Roganification of America, where everything is a conspiracy. Everybody's, you know, just tr- trying to pull one over on you. It's like I, I don't know, man. I think that I felt like the kid from the high school football game. They had me in the first half. Once you put me onto this conspiracy theory, and I started scrolling through Twitter, I'm like, hey, they they got a pretty good case here for a second. But then <laughs> after that, what you do, Joey, is you sit down and you use your brain for about 0.5 seconds, and you realize, you know, that's a good laugh, but obviously it's Damar Hamlin. I don't but know, man. For, for the jokes, I, I think it's all-time great, so funny. But if you truly believe that he's dead in the NFL, is, is trotting out a clone or trotting out a paid actor to act as Damar Hamlin and, you know, go take that picture next to his mural in Buffalo, like, and, and that's not actually him, you're just chalked, dog. You're chalked. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm on the same page as you, but like I said, like there there's a ton of conspiracy theories out there, just not just with football, right? Just in life in general, and I think it'd be pretty naive to believe that every single one of those is, is false. Of course, because like I've watched enough TV shows to to understand that there's some shady shit that happens, especially on the government side of things with like cover ups and shit. Oh yeah, right. So we can't put it past something like this happening. 
But like I said, it does seem a little far-fetched. The thing that made me laugh and surprised me is how much national attention this got. Because usually you see stuff like this literally every year, especially with a growing conversation at least in my opinion, about how the NFL specifically is rigged. Mm -hmm. I did not expect this story to get as much publicity as it did. And then for DeMar Hamlin to literally address it himself in a tweet. And that is really quickly too, like very quickly. And that is really the only thing that I do find suspicious is like he posted that picture, but it's in the same outfit that he wore on Sunday. So obviously it wasn't a new picture. By any stretch and you really don't know when he took it but i guess that like th- that is most likely him right like i d- but the the only part that i do find personally sus is like the dude got millions of dollars to his foundation and he can't come on video and and like thank the people like at, at least show some type of gratitude instead of trolling that that's kind of the thing that made it sus for me at least but at the end of the day like i don't really give a fuck and right. I just found it funny. But at least come on video, sh- show it to you, and at least give your gratitude to the people that donated literally millions of dollars to your foundation. I think that's If you're coming. good enough. It's, it's coming soon. Yeah, if you're good enough to go to the stadium and do all this bullshit, like, you can hop on uh, IG Live or something and, and, and make a quick statement. Um, or do an interview. Like, that. that's my take on it, but... Octum's razor, right? Isn't it where like the most likely outcome is is probably true? And I I think that that is what's happening here, dude. His face might be fucked up. You know, he may not be like able to fully speak all the way correctly. Like this man died like 14 days ago or some shit like that or, or 20 days ago. Like... It was like get, three weeks, yeah, get, three or four weeks ago. Get the man some time to breathe, bro. Like, I'm sure that when he is like fully able to feel confident in doing that, he'll he'll do it. I don't think that it's a, a conspiracy, but <laughs> I mean, goddamn, did that give me a great laugh and shout out to you for putting me onto that. When you said search his name on Twitter, I'm like, oh, here we go. And man, what an absolute payoff. And <laughs> Last thing I'll say that's somewhat in this realm is is shout out to Eli Apple just becoming the absolute villain oh, of the NFL. That that could have been another cold open in itself. <laughs> and like as someone who who appreciates a good troll, like God, he he has made so many NFL fans just so butthurt with his tweets uh, about Diggs and saying how Diggs and Josh Allen need couples therapy. Like that shit's <laughs> funny as fuck. And the NFL needs more of that. Yeah. Like, show the rivals, show the trolling, let people express themselves and, and talk shit. Like, that, that's part of the game. And anybody that takes offense to that is just so soft. And it's it's just so funny to watch and Eli Apple just consistently troll. Uh, apparently, the, the Cancun thing is like a reference to Pat Beverly in the NBA. But, like, bro, you, you know what you were doing. You know goddamn well what you were doing. <laughs> Oh God, Eli Apple. So so many uh good cold open topics this this week. We we could have could have did a whole episode just about NFL news and uh and world news. Yeah, great time to be alive. But I say we get right into the AFC and NFC title games. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 282 
of the DFS Dose podcast, your fix of daily fantasy sports information, strategy, and analysis. I'm your host, Ben Hover, joined as I always am by Joey Carrion. And on today's show, we will discuss two of the final three NFL games this season, the AFC Championship, the NFC Championship, two games on Sunday. We've made it. This is the end. Yeah, I mean, it's been a long season. Pretty sad that the the season is almost over. It wasn't the best season by any stretch, just from a pure NFL gameplay perspective. But it's always bittersweet when the NFL season ends because, obviously, it's not like the other sports where they get two or three month breaks and then they're right back at it. Like, we had to wait seven months but we'll we'll have a nice filled off season with best ball content and the xfl is starting right after the nfl ends and the usfl will go into year two so we'll have a nice competition between both of those leagues and we'll have football on at least so yeah at, at least that's good but only three games left total in my opinion the uh, four best teams made it to the end so that's all we could ask for yeah, should be some good football this weekend. Hopefully this this past weekend was kind of disappointing from just yeah, like an NFL I mean, game perspective. The you know, the super. Cincinnati Bills game just completely fell on yeah. its face. The uh, you know, the Eagles game was a blowout. Mahomes was hobbled for half of that game just like utterly yeah. disappointing, especially when you think back to last year and the divisional round was like one of the most exciting football weekends of all time. I mean, wildcard weekend was electric divisional weekend was like like you said pretty underwhelming and before we get into these games i mean what did i tell you about the buffalo bills bro what what did i I like this was coming i i had to bring it up because you're a closet bills fan obviously (laughs) you're a lions fan i know that you're you're a true lions fan you're gonna root for them especially now that they're starting to become good and they're gonna be in contention next year for sure hopefully but you do like to root for the bills a lot of your family is bills fans a lot of the people that you know are bills fans so you root for them you're a closet fan We all know that, Mm -hmm. and you have started to become one of the delusional Bills fans, (laughs) ones that think that just because they have a good quarterback and a a good team that they're going to make a run. The DeMar Hamlin situation happened, and nobody was going to be able to beat them. They were destined for the Super Bowl, and it's the same story every year with Bills fans. I see it all over my Facebook timeline. Bills are good. They're going to the Super Bowl. Nobody can beat them. Then Sean McDermott gets outcoached once again. And I just want to I just want to say that I was right. This Bills team was not better than the Bengals team. The Bills have a worse offense than the Bengals. I said that. You kind of disagreed a little bit. You said the Bills were going to win. I said the Bengals were going to win. And look where we are. So I I just wanted to take my victory lap real quick. This Bills team, fraudulent as fuck. Joe Burrow's a better quarterback than Josh Allen. (laughs) That's all I have to say. You know what, man? Until Josh Allen clutches up, I'm I'm on board. I'm on board. But we'll be here next year in the playoffs, and you will say... It's Buffalo's year. They're winning. Josh Allen is so good. Diggs is good. Blah, blah. We'll be in the same spot. They'll lose again. And their championship window is slightly closing a little bit, I would say. No, because, see, while I agree with your premise as far as my closet Bills fandom goes, I I reject the notion that I am uh, blindly a follower. I think that there were 
good reasons. Obviously, you know, the the consensus agreed with me that the Bills were favorites to win that game. They were like getting close to being a touchdown favorite over the Bengals. So like, I don't think that that was just pure delusion. It's not like they were 10 point underdogs and I was rolling with them. Like they were favorites in that game at home and they completely fell flat. And Joe Burrow is the stone cold definition of clutch. He's ice cold, you know, didn't even notice the weather. It was, it was a summer day to him because there's fucking <laughs> ice flowing through his veins. And, that, and that's what I failed to realize. I failed to realize that the Bengals were as legit as they are. I think that they go into KC this week and win. I think they go to the Super Bowl. I said it last week, whichever team won that game was going to the Super Bowl out of the AFC. And I stand by that. Until proven otherwise, I I think that the Buffalo Bills are the third best team in the AFC. I will have the Bengals ahead of them and the Chiefs ahead of them next year. And you know, until they prove otherwise, uh, this team needs some work. This team needs some serious work. And that'll be what we're looking at with the Bills over the offseason is, is what do they do to get over the hump? You know, you you make the case, you know, last year they were right there. They were 30 seconds away, yada, yada, yada. This year, they completely fell flat. And, and they're now going to have to reprove themselves to be in that discussion i think is an afc favorite so um tough to see and you know you've got the jags on the rise you've got some other threats in the afc it's not that they've gone past their window but it could be closing i don't know We'll see. I still think the, the the windows are obviously open as long as they have josh allen and, and Diggs and some of the offensive pieces around him for sure but it, it's closing a little bit um they're definitely going to have to make some moves talking a little bit too much about, about this Bills team I just wanted a victory lap that's all that was fair um, enough fair enough. especially since like I said you are a closet Bills fan and you, you started you started to become one of the uh kind of ignorant Bills fans that were accustomed to being around in New York and upstate New York especially so of which there are many <laughs> yeah <laughs> there are way way too too many of the of them around and you started to become one of them and you know I, I told you about Joe Burrow he's been more clutch than Josh Allen at every point of their careers and he's shown it again and I'm pretty on board the market is on board with the Bengals we'll talk about that here now uh, with the Bengals being one point favorites now one and a half point favorites on some books and they opened up as three point underdogs so I think uh, Vegas is expecting an Eagles Bengals Super Bowl and that would be a very good game it would but Before that, of course, the Eagles need to make it past San Francisco, and that's where we'll start here. Both games on Sunday, kicking off with game number one at 3 p.m. Eastern. The 49ers will travel to Philadelphia. The Eagles are two and a half point favorites. This game has a 46 and a half point total, down a half point from open. The Eagles put on an absolute clinic, man. We were wondering, you know, how they would come out after Jalen Hurts struggled in the final game of the regular season. They had a bye, came in, welcomed the New York Giants to town, and made quick work of them. It was mm-hmm. a non-competitive game as expected, as as we both talked about on this podcast last week. I don't think that things will be as easy for them here. The 49ers are so talented. These are two highly talented rosters, both sides of the ball, and this is going to be a fantastic game, truly. I I believe it will. Mm -hmm. And and how do you see it playing out, man? I I want to lean Eagles here, and that is my lean, but you cannot discount the 49ers. They are so, so talented. Yeah, you you can't discount the 49ers in this spot at all. They They could definitely go into Philly and pull off this upset. The line is at two and a half now. It opened up at one and a half, and... It's, it's been steady so far. It hasn't moved to 
to minus three or anything. I think that it can get to minus three for the Eagles. So I'm probably going to be putting a bet on Eagles minus two and a half, just one unit for me. Uh, one unit in terms of my betting, like sports betting units is to win 100 so 115 110 whatever the best line available is to win 100 and you know like you said this Eagles team as well is is so good shout out to you you said your favorite bet of the divisional round was Eagles minus seven and a half that was the freest bet of the entire weekend yep Right, right um, along with uh, your bet of the week with Bengals yeah, team total. Uh, Just such easy cash. I mean, that shit was so free. But the Eagles, minus 7.5, I had them uh, in that game. And, uh, and then the Bengals I had as well. So both of those bets were free. And, yeah, I lean Eagles in the spot. Minus 2.5, that's a good number. I, I think that they are just the better team. I think they're the more healthier team of the two with CMC and Debo both dealing with injuries. Jalen Hurts is obviously a superior quarterback to Brock Purdy at this point. I think that going into Philly and playing in that game environment as a seventh round rookie is going to be too much of an ask. I think that the Eagles can win by double digits in this spot, to be honest. I think they easily cover the spread and I think we see Philly in the Super Bowl. And uh, that, that's kind of how I want to build DFS lineups this week if I play. And props-wise, I'm all over the Eagles stuff on prize picks. I love Jalen Hurts passing. I know you had Jalen Hurts fantasy score in your YouTube video that you just posted, which you could check out at the Dose Media Network on YouTube. Make sure you go subscribe to that. Love A.J. Brown this week. His receiving yards have been bumped. Uh, we put that in the Discord, so make sure you join the Discord as well. And I'm all over the Eagles this week. I think they make it to the bowl. I do as well. Did you happen to catch Jalen Hurts' pregame speech before last week's playoff game? I did not. He, I mean, bro. All right. So, I mean, he's he said, you know, we've yet to touch our ceiling. We ain't done nothing yet. I think that there's another level we can take it to. He said, I'm not hungry. You know, he, he said that the coaches always say hungry dogs run faster. I ain't hungry. I'm starving for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> this shit, this shit means so much to me. I know everything is in front of us. All right. This man is starving for a Super Bowl. They've been the best team in football all year, as far as I'm concerned. They have been in so many non-competitive games. They've been so dominant. And I think the 49ers are a phenomenal team, but this is where the rookie quarterback factor comes into play. And and I yep. mean, Brock Purdy has been an excellent quarterback. He has been an excellent executor of the game plan and playing well into what Kyle Shanahan has set up for him. But like you said, CMC, not 100%. Eli Mitchell, not 100%. The running game is such an important part of this offense and what it sets up for Purdy and if they're unable to rely on it and even if they are it's a tough matchup for them against Philly's elite defense can Brock Purdy put the team on his back and and elevate I just I just don't know that he can man I I think the Eagles roll in this spot I expect it to be a close game the 49ers are too well coached with too much talent for it to be like a pushover spot but when you look at some of the in-depth numbers at the 49ers defense and what they are best at defending it's the run and it's the short passing game and they're kind Kind of middle of the road when it comes to deep passing. Jalen Hurts has the fourth highest yards per attempt in the league. AJ Brown and, and Devonta Smith are both obviously downfield threats. They have some of the deeper A dots 
in the league. And I, I think that that will show itself to be a huge factor in this game. We saw DK Metcalf find a lot of success against this 49ers defense in the wild card round. I think AJ Brown and Devontae Smith are both set up really well. We were talking a little bit pre-pod about whether or not Nick Sirianni will, you know, cook up a game plan specific attack to play into that and, and allow Hertz to be more pass heavy. I think he will. And, you know, we, we barely talked about DraftKings up to this point. Like from a DraftKings perspective, I think Jalen Hurts is the best quarterback on the board. And I, I want to play into him and his pass catchers from a DFS sense, as well as a prop sense, like you said, both all over everything on, on the Eagles side of the ball from yeah. a price pick stance. Yeah. I mean, the, the Eagles stuff on price picks is a complete smash right now, especially with some of their lines not being on the same as the books, like Jalen Hurts passing yards still looks very good. We both took his fantasy score over 22 points. And I think that he probably is the the play on DK at 7,200 um, out of the four guys. No interest in Brock Purdy. Tough matchup. Toughest matchup of the entire season. And we saw last week he played a top five defense, no touchdown passes, was pretty efficient, had a 65% completion percentage, which is pretty good, 214 yards. So he had like a solid day through the air um, against the Cowboys, but touchdown upside in the spot, super low. Now you put him on the road, tough game environment, tough place to play. And this is his hardest matchup of the year. And Eagles have just shut down opposing quarterbacks and they've shut down outside wide receivers. So I'm on the, you know, the fade Brandon Ayuk train. I think this is a George Kittle and Debo Samuel game this week. Debo Samuel's 5,700. Kittle is 5,200. So I'd, I'd have some interest in those guys on DraftKings from the 49er side of the ball, especially when you factor in CMC also dealing with a little bit of an injury and really don't know how healthy he's going to be going into this game. And that is the spot to attack the Eagles defense is their run defense and I think that's kind of the the way that Kyle Shanahan will play it is by trying to feed his running backs and create some uh, rhythm on the ground rather than putting the game in the hands of Brock Purdy going up against the league's best passing defense so this isn't that good of a spot for the 49ers pass catchers I think the Eagles win this game pretty handedly I'm I'm pretty convinced on that the Eagles are a pretty public team though they have 61 percent of the bets and 90 percent of the money per action network which is insane yeah and and in a title game that's that's especially crazy excuse me 69 percent of the bets 91 percent of the money which which is pretty insane like you said in in a title game but I think that's correct and you know unfortunately I'm, I'm siding with the public in the spot and DFS wise, I mean, Hertz, AJ Brown stack looks pretty immaculate. Devonta Smith looks super solid right now, but just courtesy of the stats that you said, AJ Brown, Jalen Hurts looks like it's going to be the best stack or one of the best stacks on the board for this two game slate. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. I also agree with your takes on the players that you would want to be bringing it back with from the 49ers. I think that this is a George Kittle game and we have to wait and sort of see with the way that the injuries play out for the 49ers. McCaffrey, Eli Mitchell, and Debo Samuel all missed practice on Wednesday. I would expect all three of them to play come Sunday, but we will have to see how they progress throughout the the week and Devonte Smith will 
I don't know what his ownership will be in comparison to AJ Brown, but like quietly over the last 10 games, Devontae Smith has a 32.8% target share compared to AJ Brown's 25.28 plus targets for Devontae Smith in 10 consecutive games. He is as safe as they come. We had talked about it a little bit towards the close of the regular season when, you know, we were still playing cash games. And I'm like, man, Devontae is actually like hella consistent, sort of not the way that we've thought of him in the past, but the targets have been there and they've just continued to be there for this entire final stretch. And, you know, he is a legit, like one of the better number two wide receivers in the league. 6,800, that's a good price tag for him. It wouldn't shock me at all if it ended up being an Eagles double stack that shipped everything Mm -hmm. come Sunday on DraftKings. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. And we don't have ownership right now, which is tough, but I I would expect Hertz, in my opinion, to be the chalk. Maybe it's Burrow. And we'll obviously talk about that game because I think that game is a little bit more interesting just from a theory perspective than this game. And that's kind of the game where I feel like either team can win. I'm pretty much booking the Eagles to to win this game. So I'm all over the Hertz double stuff. Uh, You can even include Goddard in there, but I, I would definitely be more interested in AJ Brown and Devonta Smith and AJ Brown did kind of come up with an injury at the end of that Giants game. They had him run a deep route. Hurts targeted him, kind of tweaked his hip late in that game. That's going to be interesting to see. Obviously, all of these players should play the three Niners guys and AJ Brown. Wednesday, notoriously a rest day, especially this late in the season for some of the veteran guys. And I just think this is a spot where the Eagles are going to have to throw the ball more and Jalen Hurts is going to the guy that he trusts the most and that's AJ Brown and Devonta Smith so I love both of them this week just narrative wise I, I think AJ Brown is due for a nice uh ceiling game here he hasn't had one in a few weeks and I, I think this is a game where you know you got to get him 10 plus targets yeah no I I couldn't agree more anything else that you want to add before we move on to game number two no I mean I think everybody knows what what we're on in terms of bets miles sanders unders uh, miles sanders unders on prize picks if it's still 65 and a half for his combined rushing and receiving that's a total smash i've played that in a few slips i took his under nine fantasy score i think the only way that he gets that is through a touchdown and obviously it's the worst matchup in the entire nfl for miles sanders like you said we both expect sirianni to come out with a game plan centered around exposing the biggest weakness of the niners defense and that is clearly their passing defense um if there is a spot and we're expecting a, a down purdy game tough spot um so all over the miles sanders unders there all over the the jalen hurt stuff aj brown yards devonta smith catches for me at least uh have, have been super consistent and yeah just uh go eagles fly eagles fly fly eagles fly all right game Number two will kick off at 6 p.m. Eastern, where the Cincinnati Bagels travel to Arrowhead. The Kansas City Chiefs, in their fifth consecutive AFC title game, are one-point underdogs at home. I can't believe that I'm saying those words. 47 total, down five and a half points from open. <laughs> the, the line has moved, what, four points so far in favor of the Bengals? And this 
story, obviously, this game, obviously, I think is centered around the health of Patrick Mahomes. I mean, how could it not be the greatest player, active player in the NFL, arguably one of the greatest players of NFL history, dealing with a high ankle sprain in the title game. And that's what the conversation is going to be about, is how healthy is Mahomes and how capable will the Chiefs be to coach around what I'm expecting to be a pretty significant mobility limitation on Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, Mahomes isn't Justin Fields like with the rushing he's not Jalen Hurts with the rushing but his mobility is a huge part of his game you know escaping Mm -hmm. pressure making plays on the fly and if that is limited if they are without that I'm not sure how much faith I have in them to beat a team that they have never been able to be in in Joe Burrow's tenure. Like, is this the game with Mahomes at less than full strength that they finally conquer the Bengals? It's it's hard to imagine it being that. And I think that that is why we find them as underdogs here at home. Very surprising. But I mean, how do you see this game playing out? Yeah, I... It, it, this game is a tough game for me. The Bengals opened up as three-point underdogs, and it went to one and a half as the Bengals favored minus one and a half, and now it's down to one. Bengals minus one. So that indicates to me, obviously, some sharp money coming in on, on KC plus one and a half there to move the line back down to one. Mahomes 0-3 against Joe Burrow. Even at home last year, title game. They lost 27-24. I lean the Bengals in this spot just because of Patrick Mahomes' questionable health, and I think that the Bengals have the most talented offense in the AFC. Obviously, Joe Burrow has had Patrick Mahomes' number, and the Bengals, the Bengals, I should say, have had the Chiefs' number, um, and, and they've been able to limit the Chiefs offensively. So I do think that Andy Reid has to come up with a new scheme because what they've tried before hasn't worked. And I think that is not running the ball per se. I think it's getting off a ton of short and intermediate passes. Mm -hmm. They have the playmakers to get those plays off and let those guys create yards after the catch opportunity. And Jarek McKinnon, Kadarius Toney, Travis Kelsey, right? I think that's the route that they go. Andy Reid's obviously a sharp coach. They need a new game plan. And with Mahomes... Obviously a little bit hobbled. He was not in a walking boot today, though. And somebody took a video of him at a press conference. He was walking off the stage. He looked okay. And I think maybe they're kind of like trying to, you know, play up the injury a little bit. And then he'll he'll come out and be totally fine. <laughs> that makes sense. No, I, I totally agree with that. Then the, the then it's anybody's game because obviously like the, the Chiefs choked that game away last year in the in the playoffs, right? They were up 21-0. Bengals adjusted. Chiefs don't score a, another point the rest of the game. Or three points, I should say. Yeah. They did not adjust at all. But in the first half, Mahomes was dotting them up. So I think they go to a game plan specifically that will allow them to let their receivers and Travis Kelsey have yards after the catch opportunity, kind of like a very similar Tom Brady-esque Patriots offense where you just take what the defense gives you. And that's what the Bengals did last week against Buffalo, right? They weren't running a ton of deep routes. They were just letting Joe Burrow drop back, get off a ton of quick passing opportunities to players over the middle of the field and just attacking the weaknesses of that too high safety coverage which the Bengals will run against Kansas City. So, like I said, if I had to lean aside, I, th- I lean Bengals. My brother is a Bengals fan. I-, I I do like Joe Burrow. I mean, how can you not like Joe Burrow? I like Joe Burrow. Dude is just... He's, his swag level is just off the fucking charts. I mean, obviously, you like him because he's cocky as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> 
But the the Chiefs or the Bengals have given the Chiefs some bulletin board material. They're mm. they're calling Arrowhead Burrowhead. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you saw that. No, that's funny. That's actually funny. And uh, Travis Kelsey brought it up on his podcast that he does with his brother as well. Mm. Um, how they're they're giving him some uh some material to to put on the board because that Burrowhead comment that's disrespectful. That's crazy as fuck. But I'm definitely very excited to to watch this game and see how healthy Mahomes is. Like I said, I think they're playing it up a little bit. I think he'll probably be around like 75-80%. The drugs that these NFL players have are crazy. His ankle's going to be severely taped up. He'll probably wear an ankle brace like underneath like his uh pants his compression pants and shit and I, I think he'll be good to go but he'll, he will be limited some I, I would expect because as somebody who's dealt with ankle injuries and like tearing ligaments in my ankle in my youth like it still affects me to this day and, and that mm-hmm. happened like 14 years ago and they were talking about it in the uh the commentary of the Bills Bengals game like after that game was out of hand and they were just you know chit chat and Tony Romo was saying how you know when he had had a, a high ankle sprain like it's an injury that you can play through in the game you know you've got the adrenaline you've got whatever they shoot you up with you know you don't necessarily feel the full extent but it is an extremely extremely painful injury in the following days and week as you know it it sort of sets in and, and the adrenaline wears off and all that stuff but you know i think that like you said to the, to the point of the drugs that they give these guys like he'll be fine for the game at least but it will it will definitely affect his mobility i think like clearly and i i agree with your point like the the chiefs are going to need to try something new here if they want to be able to put up enough points to beat this afc best offense that the Bengals currently have and you know we, we've been talking about it like we talked about it last week with Kadarius tony like they said that they were going to unlock him and he ran 12 routes okay like mm-hmm. he, targeted seven times on 12 routes which you know from like a a target share perspective on routes ran is absolutely insane that's 58 percent like that's got to be one of the top numbers on any player this year if they really truly dedicate themselves to unlocking Kadarius Toney you know feeding Travis Kelsey in the middle of the field I think he had 13 catches last week within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage we need to see that we need to see Tony creatively getting into space Nicole Hardman returned to practice this week you know he's been a gadget player for them we need to see creative things out of the way they utilize him we need to see Jarek McKinnon catching a lot of balls if that is the way they try to operate there's a chance I believe that being said the Bengals are so hot the Bengals have Jamar Chase T Higgins Hayden Hurst coming alive like crazy right now Mm -hmm. Joe Mixon playing very well rushing for over 100 yards against a tough Bills defense like I I don't know man I I think the Bengals do win this game I think they deserve to be favorites here I I would trust Mahomes if he were 100% but the fact is he's not like 100% Mahomes hasn't been good enough to get it done against the Bengals in three games since Joe Burrows arrived what is 80% Mahomes 75% Mahomes gonna be I I just I don't see it man I don't see it if the Bengals were a softer team against the run and they could like you know try and make this a Pacheco game plan maybe but the Bengals have one of the best seven run defenses in the league against against the run so like I don't know man is Tony gonna be unlocked is McKinnon and Kelsey is it gonna be enough to overpower Joe Burrow especially when the the weakness of the Chiefs defense is their secondary and like Jamar Chase has been so good I think he's the best receiver in the league I mean maybe that's recency bias now because you know J. Jeff wasn't like putting up monster games towards the end obviously 
obviously in the regular season, Justin Jefferson was goaded, but like Jamar Chase has been continuing to do it. T Higgins has been quiet for a few weeks, but we still know that he can go absolutely crazy in any spot. Like at this point, DraftKings is trolling us. 5,400 for T Higgins is absolutely insane. Like I'm going to play some DraftKings just to get some exposure to to T Higgins, like legit, but I don't know, man. I'm, I'm rolling Bengals in this game. I think you uh, you parlay the Bengals and the Eagles together and you sail to the money. That That's how I think you play this weekend. Yeah, I think, in my opinion, that is the likeliest Super Bowl matchup for sure. Obviously, Vegas, Vegas thinks that. And yeah, I mean, the only way the Chiefs win this game is from a complete game on both sides of the ball, right? Like you need 80% Mahomes to have a very good game. And then you need your defense to have its best game of the entire year. I just think it's, it's an exploitable matchup for Cincinnati. I, I, like I said, I lean Cincinnati in terms of DraftKings. Like you said, T Higgins is severely underpriced. Jamar Chase is going to be chalk at 7.6 K. He's a phenomenal play. Tyler Boyd at 3,800 looks like a cheap dart throw. And, if, there, if there's a week that they have to do it, this is the week that the Chiefs have to unlock Kadarius Tony. Yeah. And a lot of those targets for Tony, I'm pretty sure not a lot. I'm pretty sure every single target for Kadarius Tony came within five yards of the line of scrimmage last week, and they let him create yards after the catch. They're they're going to need that. Like the, the offensive game plan that I think they should come out and execute, in my opinion, is the correct plan. And I think that's what we'll see. Like anybody with a brain knows that the deep passing is going to be affected. And MVS is their deep threat and he's dog shit. Yeah. Right. So MVS MVS is literally just going to be out there running wind sprints mm-hmm. to open up the the middle of the field and, and the short area game so mvs unders only 27 and a half on price picks but i'm 100 playing that yep he's not on play for for DraftKings, but i i think they need hardman back they need to play Kadarius tony a little bit more and play mckinnon like i think that's their best offense this week is getting those fucking super athletic super agile guys the ball and create yards and, and get first downs and then you obviously have kelsey as well over the middle of the field and you play a dink and dunk offense it's not sexy it's it's not what the Chiefs are used to doing. That type of offense gets a ton of backlash. Obviously, I know that as a Patriots fan. Everybody hates watching that offense, but guess what? That shit wins fucking games, yeah. and that wins championships. Confirmed. That's the only way they win this game. So, in terms of DraftKings, Hardman, Tony, and McKinnon are the players that I would be targeting specifically on the Chiefs side of the ball. Obviously, Kelsey, 7.8K, great play, best play on the slate, but I think I'd have more interest in Kittle for the $2,600 discount there. Tony and Hardman look really good as uh, sub-4K options on DK. I don't know why it's taken so so long to unlock Kadarius Tony, right? Like, this, 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 like we've said, this has good. to be the week. Like, yeah, he is obviously an explosive playmaker with the ball in his hands. And we can say all this stuff about what the Chiefs should do, but at least and- we, we like can have some faith in Andy Reid, like making the correct adjustments. He's had a long enough tenure and uh, a track record of doing so and being creative with his play calling and playing to his strengths. Will they have the self-awareness this week to do so and, and run out this type of game plan i think they will like i i think the Bengals win this game but i think that's going to be a close game and i think that the chiefs are going to give it give it everything they've got and play close you know they're they're not mm-hmm. going to just roll over 80 percent mahomes or not like they're not going to roll over in this spot and i i totally agree this this is going to be an exciting game to watch like i said if, if they're downplaying or if they're up playing the injury and, and mahomes is actually like 
more healthy than what they're trying to lead on. This is a game, and this is a very winnable game for Kansas City. Like, you can never count out the best quarterback of our generation. And, in my opinion, an already first ballot Hall of Famer. Like, I've seen easily, it enough. Easily, easily, um, you can't You can't count him out, but kind of made the comparison. I don't know if I... I, I think I... I think I said this to you. Joe Burrow is kind of like, he's he's going to end up being like the Tom Brady of our generation. Like he's not the most athletic guy. He's not the most talented guy, but he knows how to win games. And when you need him to be clutch, he's going to come through. Right. Now, will his defense come through? That's to be determined. But you know what you're going to get out of him. You're not going to get the fucking freaky athletic plays and sidearm throws and no look passes and shit. But you're going to you're going to need him to do his job and he'll he'll do his job. And elite I think, accuracy, elite weapons, great decision making. And yeah. he's got that clutch gene. If I've ever seen anybody on God's green earth fucking have it. Yeah. So, God, I'm just super excited for this game, more so than the the Philly Niners game. But from a, from a DK perspective, I think that as it stands right now, how I would have it is I think Jalen Hurts is the chalkiest quarterback. I think Mahomes and Purdy are going to be the lowest owned. So I think it's Hurts, Burrow, big gap in ownership, Mahomes, Purdy. I think that we'll see Mixon as chalk at 6.5K. And then CMC, if he plays, will be chalk as well. Wide receivers, Chase, Higgins are some of the guys that stand out to me. Kittle at, at tight end and in defense. I think it's probably Eagles D is the chalk there. So, yeah, if you're still playing DraftKings, shout out to you, but prize picks, I mean, we, we have a ton of plays. We've already posted a ton of plays, and the the one play that I haven't played so far that I'm going to get in is the MVS under 27.5 receiving yards. Yeah, I like that quite a bit. I, I really do like that, especially with the potential of me, Cole, coming back. He's already not a full-time player. No wide receiver on the Chiefs is. Toughest matchup on the board. Patrick Mahomes' deep passing ability should be affected in the spot, and he's not a high target share guy, and he sucks at football. And the under 27 hat, 27 and a half is juiced right now, minus 130 on DK. He's gone under 27 and a half in nine games this season with Patrick Mahomes at full health. So there you go. That, that, that's a free bet for the uh, the kids out there. Love it. All right. Is there anything else that we need to touch on with either of these title games? No, I, I mean, I think we pretty much covered it all. Obviously, not that much DraftKings talk. I don't think either of us are going to play that much DK. But I just enjoy talking about these games just from, you know, like a betting perspective and, and what sides we're on. And I think we're both in agreement. Philly minus two and a half would, would be our pod. Pick of the day, whatever you want to call it, play of the day. Then in the chiefs Bengals game... I lean Bengals minus one, but I, I think Bengals ML would, would probably be the look there. Just take the money line, bet on them to, to win straight up. And I think we get an eagles Bengals Super Bowl and don't know who I would take in that game. I don't. I really don't know. I don't know either, man. I don't know either. I would want to lean Eagles, but then again, I don't, I don't think that even the Eagles and their incredible outside defense against wide receivers would would do too well against stopping Jamar Chase and T Higgins so I mean that would be just an incredible game to watch and I'm kind of hoping that that that's what we get but we shall see you know two and a half weeks away we'll be there and and rest assured before that you guys will get our YouTube special for the Super Bowl betting show which I mean last year was just like you made so much money if you tailed us last year literally so much money that was so free so free all right That is going to be it for episode 282 of the DFS Dose podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Dose Media Net, as well as our personal Twitters. I'm at Ben Hover. Joey is at Joey Carrion DFS. If you guys want to connect with us and stay up to date with what's going on within the network, join our inner circle. 
via the free Discord chat. Link to find that is in the show notes to this podcast. To everybody listening out there, we appreciate you. We value you. Until next time, let's stay accountable and keep it authentic. Fuck